Have you ever been asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Gwen gets to work. I like talking to people and they like talking back to me. Well, that's what I think. One day I asked my mum, what, how do I know what I want to be when I grow up? My mum said, if I interview people about like their jobs and things like that, well, I will find out and like the people, all the people who who are listening, um, you will find out too if you don't know. Let's get to work. Hi guys, Treacle here. I was wondering, where do babies come from? Who delivers them? I was told it was a doctor. I was wrong. It was the stork. From their perch on Stork Mountain, it was an honor and a privilege to serve. It was our duty, our core belief. This was our sacred duty. No matter how tough or impossible or brutal or harsh or inhumane or savage, we would triumph over adversity. Thank goodness we don't do that anymore. There! Right there! The problem was... We had the wrong cargo. Our new phones! Luckily now, Storks deliver packages for cornerstore.com. Hmm. The Storks seem to have diversified their portfolio. Then who? Who delivers all these babies? Oh, Tony, call a proper midwife. In this week's episode, Gwen interviews. You guessed it, Lou the midwife. I hope you enjoy. Hi. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. And how are you? I'm okay, thanks. Good. I haven't seen you since you were a little baby, Gwen. No, I like your dangrees. Oh, thank you. They're my new favourite thing. They're really cool. So I know you're that a midwife helps mummies and babies, but I actually don't really know what that means. We were driving back from school and we saw two times on the way back from school, we saw midwives going into houses with like, what are they? Little boxes. Yes, I have lots of equipment, but I get quite excited about some of it. Mm-hmm. We saw one as soon as we got out of school, basically, and then... When we got near to our house, we saw two. So what is mainly your job? So mainly my job is keeping mummies and babies safe. So I look after people when they're pregnant, when they're growing a baby in their tummy. And I go and I do all of their checkups and I listen to the baby's heartbeat. 
and I ask them if there's anything they need or anything they're worried about. And then when it's time for the baby to come out, I look after them, um, whether they choose to have their baby in the hospital or at home. And then when the babies come out, I visit them at home for a few weeks until the baby's growing nicely. And then I help them with the feeding and looking after and learning how to care for a new baby. How do you listen to their heartbeat? So there are two different ways that I listen to the heartbeat. I've got a special kind of trumpet thing called a pinard that I can use. But if I use that, then only I get to hear the heartbeat. And most mummies and daddies want to hear their baby's heart beating. So I have a special thing called a sonicade, which is a bit like a microphone. Mm. So if I use that, then the mummy or the daddy get to hear it too. And sometimes people even record it. Cool. I know, it really is pretty cool. Do you always deliver babies, like every day of work? Um, well, I haven't had a baby for about a month or six weeks. And then both of my November babies came on the same day this week. They both decided to come on the same day. We say they're like buses. We don't have a baby for ages and then they all come at once. So not every day, but a lot of the time we have a baby born. And in Oxford, there's one baby born every single hour of the day. That's... Yes, it's really busy. Oxford's a busy hospital and um, so is Reading. There's about the same number of babies born in Reading too. I wonder how many rooms there are. Well, when I used to work in Reading, I think they had about 12 rooms um, and they're rooms with a big bath in them just in case women want to go in the bath. Well, here I am in my tubby again and my tubby's all filled with water and nice fluffy suds. And I've got my soap and washcloth to wash myself. And I've got my nifty scrub brush to help me scrub my back. And I've got a big fluffy towel to dry myself when I'm done. But there's one other thing that makes tubby time the very best time of the whole day. And do you know what that is? It's a very special friend of mine. My very favorite little pal. I don't want to be born in a bath. I'd be soaking wet. <laughs> it's a bit late for that. You're already here. So they're called birthing pools and they're a, they're a bit bigger than a normal bath and they're deeper so they're a bit more comfy. Like a swimming pool? Uh, not quite, a bit more like a hot tub, like the size of a hot tub but without the bubbles. Okay, so your job must be hard and lovely. Do you have a favourite bit? You are absolutely right, Gwen. It's very hard and very lovely in equal measure. And I've got lots of favourite memories. Um, one of my most special is that I looked after my very best friend when she had her babies. So I was one of the very first people to meet her little boys, Henry and Arthur. And only this week something really special happened because one of the ladies who lives in the same village as me was expecting her sixth baby. That's hard work. I know, right? Can you imagine having six babies? Yeah, I think she's very tired. And all of this baby's brothers and sisters were also at the birth and they all watched their baby sister being born. It was so magic. Wow. 
Yeah, it was really special because, well, I couldn't see them because obviously I was looking at the baby coming out and they were behind me watching the baby come out. So all I could do was hear them gasping and saying, wow, and look, oh my goodness, it's coming. But I couldn't see their faces. That sounds lovely. It was so lovely. Um, did they see their mum's butt? <laughs> yep. They saw her butt. <laughs> I know, right? And today, so with each baby, you make more and more milk because your body knows what to do. And this morning she had so much milk because it's her sixth baby that she didn't know what to do with it. And so one of her teenagers drank it. Bruh. Oh, you nasty. Because breastfeeding milk is healthy. I know, it's amazing stuff. It's brilliant. Vitamins, antibodies, like magical powers. Sometimes midwives call it liquid gold. <laughs> this stuff sounds interesting. Can you tell me a bit more about your daily routine? So, every day for me is a little bit different when you're a midwife because you never quite know when these babies are going to come out. And sometimes you don't have any babies at all. And sometimes you have three in one day. Um, so I usually go around and do all of the checkups for the ladies who are pregnant. And I drive to their houses and I see how they all are. And if they've got anything that they're worried about or want to talk about or get ready for their baby. And sometimes my phone will ring. And just when I think I'm going to go somewhere else, my phone will ring and I'll have to go somewhere completely different. So it's very unpredictable and I never quite know what's going to happen. Um, I quite often end up saying, unless I'm looking after somebody in labour, so I'll make plans and then say, I'll always end my sentence with, unless I'm looking after somebody in, in labour or catching a baby. Okay. Yeah, so... My auntie had a baby in lockdown. Has it been different in lockdown? Yeah, so since COVID and in lockdown, it really has been very different. I have to wear, well, you probably know what PPE is now. People didn't know what it was before. Um, but I have to wear a mask and gloves and sometimes a visor as well, which makes it a bit tricky to communicate with people. People find it easier to communicate when they can see each other's faces, can't they? Hmm. Yeah, it's much easier to make friends when you're not hiding behind a mask. <laughs> and I'm really lucky because I work in a special team called the Lotus Team, which is for women who need extra TLC and some extra love. So I've still been able to keep doing what I do, but lots of pregnant women didn't really see their midwives and didn't really have many checkups at all. Is it the NHS? It is, yes. Mm. I know. Clever, hey? <laughs> Do you spend a lot of time doing emails? Okay, so I'm a bit rubbish at doing paperwork and emails, but I'm supposed to do 
lots of paperwork and admin. My boss is very kind and understanding and knows that's not really the thing that I'm good at. But yeah, I do have to do quite a lot of paperwork, but not too much sitting down and not too much looking at a computer, which is just how I like it. So you're more like an extra mummy to the pregnant ladies. Yeah, that's a really lovely thought. In many ways, I I am, and perhaps more so since COVID, I'm more like that um, because people aren't able to see their families, but perhaps a bit more like a sister, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fond of my women, and I get very protective of them. Hmm. Do they have snacks at work? Yes. Midwives always have to have snacks at work. In my home birth kit, I've got chocolate bars for emergencies. Emergency chocolate. (laughs) Yes, and we're very good at drinking tea and eating cake. (laughs) How do you become a midwife? So a good way to see if you want to be a midwife is to become something called a maternity support worker, which is kind of where you help the midwives. And that would give you a really good idea of what being a midwife is all about. Okay. And then if you decide that you wanted to be a midwife, then you have to apply to university and you would have to do a three-year degree course and do some learning in the classroom and some working on the wards in the hospital and in the women's houses. Um, So it takes about three years and you have to do lots of pregnancy checkups, at least 100 pregnancy checkups and at least 100 baby checkups and you have to deliver 40 babies before you can become a midwife. Yikes! How many babies have you delivered? Do you know, I really wish I knew but I've lost count. So I became a midwife 21 years ago and I had delivered 40 babies before I qualified. So I think probably over a thousand babies. a lot. I know. Do you have a kid? I do. I've got three children of my own. I've got Edie, Stan and Ned. So was it helpful being being a midwife and having a baby? Mm, It was quite tricky at times um, because sometimes you know a little bit too much. (laughs) Yeah. And when you're having a baby, you have to really not use your thinking brain. You have to call it, you have to use, well, I call it your monkey brain, your mama brain. (laughs) When you completely switch off and relax, that's what helps babies come out much easier. And it was really tricky having Edie and Stan at the hospital where I worked. I found it much more difficult to relax. It was way easier when I had Ned at home because I found it easy to relax and switch off and not use my midwife head. Mm, yeah. Did you have did you have a midwife for all of them? Yeah. I was very lucky because my best friend Louise is also a midwife and she looked after me when I was in labor with Edie. And then when I was with um in labor with Stan, she came in and just held my hand because actually she was on maternity leave so she wasn't at work. And then when I was in labour with Ned, she drove all the way from Dorset after a big operation to come and look after me. 
That's so nice. I know. She's very, very special. What did you enjoy best at school? Hmm. Oh, well, that's really tricky. I don't know if I can remember. It was definitely not history. I was rubbish at history. <laughs> um, I think probably the sciencey things. And then when I went, um, I left school and I did my A-levels at college. I loved sociology and psychology. They were um, the subjects that are a bit more related to my job now. Yeah. My job is quite messy, though. <laughs> the other day, I got really soggy at that berth I was telling you about. My trousers got completely soaked. <laughs> was it because of the blood? No, there wasn't really any blood. But the baby is in a big bag of water called amniotic fluid. And when that bag bursts and it pops, sometimes it makes a big splash. And this baby made a really big splash. And I was in the bed with her and my knees got completely soaked. <laughs> did that happen to me? No, they came before you did. How? Mm, you'll have to ask the midwife. <laughs> <laughs> when the bag bursts, they call it your water's breaking. And sometimes my women phone me up and say, Lou, I think I just wet myself. There's loads of water coming out. And then I say, okay, either I'll come and have a look at you. And when I go and see them and realise that they haven't done a wee, it's just lots of water around the baby. And then we know that the baby will come in the next couple of days. Cool, huh? Yeah. Being a midwife is like you get almost, get to almost have a baby, sort of. Sometimes when I'm driving home from work and say if I have to stop somewhere like a supermarket and I've not I've got changed out of my uniform and I think everybody else is just doing their shopping and they've got no idea what I've just done, what I've just seen. And I feel like a bit magic in my belly because I've just watched a baby being born and they're just having their normal day. And I've just seen a new person arrive. I think we probably all had midwives to help us be born. So thank you for that and being on my podcast. That's a pleasure. Does being a midwife sound appealing, Gwen? <laughs> mm, not sure. So, of all the people that you've interviewed, what kind of job do you think sounded the best? Is it? This is always the tricky one. Mm, all of them. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe you could try each one. Ah, uh, I think I would be a teacher. Ah, oh, amazing. That's a great job. Have you got a good teacher yourself? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. That's OK. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, guys. Please, please subscribe and review our podcast. See you next week. Trickle out.